Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we discuss principles that help us live beyond the mask. My name is Robbie Engel. I'm the president here at True Face, and we are into a new year, 2020. It's really a new decade in the 20s, which is crazy. But we wanted to start off by launching this new True Face podcast. Uh, so there's a lot of you who have been listening over the years to this podcast, and obviously this one's coming at you sounding differently. And this is going to be the new wave of this new chapter of the podcast moving forward. We're going to have some guests on here, where and we are going to talk about principles and then how those apply to our lives. And you are part of the True Face team. There's about half a million listens to this podcast over the past six years, which is just crazy. Uh, and a lot of those are from you and me who have been listening and part of this team over the years where we're wrestling with these principles of grace and truth and identity and, and applying them into our lives. And it's it's changed my life, and that's why it's such an honor to be here today as the host moving forward. And one of the perks of working on this True Face team is working alongside our guest today, Bill Thrall. Bill Thrall, as you know, uh, is one of the founders of True Face. He turned 80 last year in 2019, and he has been a personal mentor of mine over the past few years and is just an incredible man. And so I am really, really excited to welcome Bill to the podcast. Bill, welcome to the new version of the True Face podcast. This You've done a few hundred of these, but this is your first <laughs> on the new format. Yes, yes, it is. Robbie, it's great to join you. Thank you, brother. It's great to be here. It's been a journey in transition and working together. And uh, as I mentioned on the, the podcast with Bruce, um, as I stepped into this role, Bill, as president, one of the things that I was vetting and praying through is um, how are Bill and Bruce and John going to empower and entrust me as a next generation leader with the keys to this thing that they have poured their time and energy and resources into over the past 25 years as you started this thing about 25 years ago. And so far, you have been a, a textbook for me, Bill, on doing that, on entrusting and empowering yeah. the next generation. And it's been a it's been a really fun season with you. And I am I'm so well, blessed. Amen, Robbie. I I feel the same way toward you. Uh, you know, I, I have said on several occasions when we've been together, uh, you're a man that I believe sees the possible. And because of that, you have the willingness to pay the price for the possible to become reality. And that's what we've been all these years. All of, all of these years, it's been a process of seeing a message of grace become a reality in the lives of thousands of people. So I see that in you. I hear that in you. I love coming alongside you with it, my friend. It's it's going to be fun. It has been so far, and I'm excited about this year, uh, and I'm excited about this new podcast, and 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 I want to jump in. Well, uh, one of the one of the things that that is foundational in our minds to understanding grace is is to understand this concept of humility in relationship to grace. Uh, in First Peter chapter five, he says, "Clothe all of you." with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. There's 
like 17 tons of theology on those few statements. But, but, but the reality of what he's saying is that there's a promise here. And, and the promise is amazing. He says that he gives grace to the humble. That's a promise. Mm. For years and years, um, we, Bruce and I and John, we struggled with trying to put a practical application on this amazing truth. And what we've learned is that for many, humility has been a behavioral dynamic. And if you have it, you know, you can't talk about it or you wouldn't have it. And, mm -hmm. and so you just have that that dynamic. And, and we think it's more truth in the fact that it's a relational, not a behavioral truth. And, and what he's saying is clothe yourself all of it with humility toward one another because God gives grace to the humble. And, and therefore, the humble are those who trust God with who they really are. And the humble are those who trust others with who they really are. The humble are the ones whose hearts say, I am not enough when I'm by myself. I need you, whoever you are. And if your name is God, I want to trust you with me. We're evangelicals. And so as evangelicals, we will preach the gospel as a principle of grace where I trust Jesus as my savior, and I will experience grace. And we believe that, and, and we should believe that. It's biblical. But lots of us struggle with the application of grace when it comes to our lives. But the principle is the same. If I'm a person that can trust Jesus with my sin, I'd like to live as a person that can trust Jesus with my life. And God gives grace to those who trust him. And, and one of the amazing dynamics of this whole truth of grace is that the God who gives us grace, his name is love. It's amazing. He said, God is love. Hmm. And, and so what happens is when I trust God and he gives me grace, I experience love. And and, and, and we know this, and, and we know it biblically. I, I shouldn't say we know this, but we know it biblically that the great example that we belong to Jesus Christ is our love for one another. But for many, many, many Christians, at least lots of places we've been, there, there is no relationship in their understanding between grace, trust, and love. And, and that's, the, that's the dynamic that we hope people will capture because that's where it begins. I cannot, no one can, no one can have a relationship with God apart from trust, no one. And it's, God doesn't want us to trust him because he's an egomaniac. No, God wants us to trust him so that something can happen. Mm. When I trust God, I will experience through his grace, his love. And that's the, that's the point we want to make sure people capture. God is love and he wants to love us. My simple statement is, wouldn't it be great if we'd let him? Wow. And, 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 and if we don't let him love us, it's because we don't trust him. Um, part of my life story is, is the application of this in, in principle, in my relationship with my wife. You're saying that the primary outcome is experiencing his love that's his nature that's the design that's right in other words 
we, we have a little saying that uh, I have lots of little sayings, but, but one of them is this, the degree to which I trust you, even if your name is God, the degree to which I trust you is the degree to which I can experience your love, no matter how much love you have for me. It, and if your name is God, if I don't trust you, I can never experience your love. If people could just hear that and believe that and go, oh, man, I really want to experience the love of God and others. Well, that's a good idea. Why don't you learn to trust them? Well, that would require your humility. That would be that would require your heart of hearts saying, you know, God, I really need you. I really need you. And um, so then, therefore, I can experience love when I trust. The, the tragic reality is this. Um, in a lot of our cultures, uh, especially with men, the macho thing is I don't trust anyone. Well, let me tell you something. The person who chooses to trust no one is the person who is choosing to be loved by no one. Wow. That's, pretty, that's a pretty powerful reality. Y'all, if you uh, are listening to this on two times speed on the treadmill or driving, you might want to hit that 30-second back quite a few times and put it to one time speed. Bill, these principles um, are principles that are going to take us a lifetime to grasp and experience. Um, it, how, how have they come up? I, I interrupted you a minute ago about your how this just showed yeah. up in your relationship with Grace. G- give me a handle as to what this looks like. Yeah. Well, um, like with my, my wife, um, five years into our marriage, um, I, I was a young CPA in those days, young businessman, and I came home from work, and she... Um, when I met her at the door, she said, Bill, we need to go for a drive. I've got something really important I want to talk to you about. And for the first five years, she never greeted me like that. And I'm not real smart, but I knew something was up. And my initial response to her saying that was, uh, what has she discovered that I've been hiding? That was my honest, deep in my heart response. And we drove from our house in Phoenix to a little place in Scottsdale where we would meet to talk. And she didn't say anything and I wasn't going to and I was literally perspiring into my suit because I was trying to prepare every defense I could imagine to all the stuff I was hiding. And when when we got there, she was unbelievably well prepared. Um, She prayed a lot about it apparently and when we got there, she said, Bill, I'm going to say some things to you that are really going to hurt you. And I know that, but she said, you have to hear me. And she said to me, Bill, I'm, I'm really, really unhappy in our marriage. And I paused there with her and I thought, this isn't about me, it's about her. She's unhappy. And I, and I did a brilliant, Robbie, I did a brilliant male thing. I, I kind of rehearsed with her, well, why can you be unhappy? You're, you know, we've got our own home, we have two kids, I've got a great job, we're, we're in the youth group, we're running the youth group at church. And, and it kind of sounded like this. How can you be unhappy? You're married to me. Wow. Which was, of course, the seed of the unhappiness. But then she said something that God used to change my life. Thank God. She said, Bill, uh, wouldn't you like to know why I'm unhappy? And I said, yeah. And she said, Bill, we can't be in a relationship where only you get to love me. 
why won't you let me love you? Why can't you trust me? Hmm. And, and I had never, ever in my whole life connected trust with love. And I'd never, ever, ever trusted my wife with me. And I never trusted her with my stuff. But God used her language to pierce my heart. And, and I couldn't help it. I just started dumping all the stuff that I was afraid she would have found out that I needed to defend myself with. And instead of holding back, I just kept telling her. I cried like I'd never cried before. And I trusted my wife for the first time with me. And I humbled myself that day. And God gave me grace. Literally, my wife, whose name is Grace. But I experienced love that day. See, I never knew that my inability to trust was robbing me of experiencing love. Wow. I grew up in a family. I grew up in a family where my parents, when I was young, were both really sick with alcoholism. The state of Wisconsin took us away from our parents for a season. And so, you know, I, I'm sure that I've got legitimate reasons for not being able to trust. But it, I love Grace. I love her deeply. And I knew she loved me. What I didn't know was how to experience love. And she did something that night. She did several things that night. But she did something that night that was profound because she made an application of a biblical truth it says, uh, love, love literally can handle sin. Mm. And and I, I just never knew that. I, I was so afraid that if she would discover who I really was, I would be rejected. And I couldn't live with the possibility of, of her rejection. But I never knew what I was doing was hiding me from the thing I needed the most. And that was her love. Wow. And so that night, she listened and loved me. And I never, ever before had ever experienced telling anyone what was true about me. She scared me so badly that she was going to leave the car when I got to my junk. She would pause a couple of times. And she would say, why would you do that? That's so stupid. But it doesn't matter. She, could, she didn't have to know why I did it. But. It began that night to be used of God to change my life. And that's really the miracle of grace. The miracle of grace is that in any moment, a trust in God changes the rest of our life. Always does. Every principle of grace that is believed changes our life forever. And and that's the that's the message that I think is critical for people to hear. Is it possible for me to trust God today with this? Because if I trust him with this, in my humility, he'll give me grace. And any time I experience grace, my life will never be the same. Bill, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around these principles. Um, because I, I and, and I'm thinking of my relationships because I, yep. I w with those close friends with my kids with my wife Emily I I know and I assume a lot of people listening know that we all have ceilings of experiencing love and how we can receive love and therefore receive experience grace that are limited compared to what they could be right I mean I, I, I assume right. it's all of us so in in 
entrusting somebody in order to experience love and therefore be transformed by that grace, if I'm saying that right, is yeah. it, is it, oh, it, is it in sharing of my sin that unlocks that and builds trust? Or I'm trying to understand what yeah. it looks like. I, in I, I, would, I would, I would say it this way, Robbie. It's, it's imagine the sharing of my person. Okay. Including, including my sin. What, what if I could learn to trust somebody with who I am? And oh, by the way, I'm all screwed up. Yeah. But I'm not just all screwed up. The, the Bill that met with his wife that night, gosh, I had a gracious heart. I love kids. I wanted to, I wanted to lead young people to Christ. I, I had all kinds of ambition. But, but I also had this agenda of keeping myself protected from anybody really knowing me because I had this dynamic in me, it's called shame, but I had this dynamic in me that convinced me that you would never really love me if you really knew me. Yeah. And what a lie we tell ourselves. It's, it's a lie. No, just the opposite. Love can handle sin. Jesus proved it at Calvary. You know, we, we everybody, not everybody, most everybody keeps trying to get up every day to be a better person so that we love more. Instead of understanding, if you could just learn to trust, you'd be loved more. Wow! And and it's it's a matter of it's a matter of being convinced in my heart of hearts that my Father in heaven loves me, and and that I want to learn to experience giving my father in heaven, my person. And with my person comes my junk. And it also comes all those wonderful gifts, talents, ambitions, and goals that he gave to me. And that's my person. Wow. You know, it's not, it's not just giving God my junk. It's giving God my person. He created me. He gave me what I have. What if, what if this wonderful father in heaven to give me grace by releasing in me what he has created in me for his glory. Woo! Wow. Now, all right, my head is limited in its capacity to understand this stuff. So, so Bill, let me pause and take a minute to try to apply this um, and, and help us listening to this um, figure out how to apply this because I'm, I, I just heard a couple things. Um, Again, the principle of all this is so rooted in our identity and um, our belief about ourselves, and that and that allows us to either have a perspective that we need to do better to be loved, or if we're freed in our identity in Christ, then we can trust others with our person in order to receive love, free from the the exhausting attempt to do better to receive their love, which doesn't end up receiving their love anyways. So exactly. If, if I'm trusting others, shame is the impediment to that, but you're saying that's not the that's a primary impediment that the shame of how screwed up I am uh, gets in the way of me being able to trust others. But you're saying what it looks like in our relationships with God and with other people is that trusting them not just with our our sin and going, God, I'm an idiot. You know, these are my sins and other people, Hey, this is the last time I did this or looked at that or whatever. No, it's, it's trusting somebody with my person, which is also the good. 
And it's, it's, absolutely. It, it's who, it's my emotions, it's my hopes, it's my dreams, it's my fears, it's my sin. It's just who I am that I'm choosing to trust you with, which is, can only be done if it's rooted in a security in who God says I am. That frees me from the exactly. fear. Right. So, I was, Robbie, I was convinced for my early 20s, I was convinced that my sin was going to keep me from ever enjoying God's purposes for my life. I was convinced of that. Wow. And I was I was convinced that what he had created in me was lost because I couldn't trust him with that. It's it's I meet a lot of people, Robbie. It is amazing the number of Christians who are no longer believing the dream they had for who God says they are. Wow. They just don't know how to trust God with the person of who he says they are. I, I really went through a season after this experience with Grace, my wife, where I had to really say to God, God, I'm able and willing to accept who you have made me. I want to live out of that man. That was profound. It was life-changing. That's what we're talking about, Robbie. I, that is so significant that to go to God as a practical step and say, Father, I want to accept how you made me so that I can live out of that. Absolutely. Would you say, in in applying everybody listening to this, that's something that, if that's the foundation to the outcome of eventually experiencing his love and connection and love to those around me, I think that's a healthy, that is what I hear you saying is what we do with this today that we go first to the Father and say, God, I, I can't do this. I, I want to accept how you've made me. Mm. And, and to me, the best way I know how is let your heart tell you the truth of how much you need to be loved and say to your Father, God, I want to trust you with me, all of me, and, and I want to be loved. And I want to learn, Father. Teach me. It's one of the prayers I say a lot to a lot of people. God, teach me to trust you with me. He can handle that prayer. He wants that prayer because he's, he's nuts about us. And, and somehow we, we have this performance dynamic that robs us of the freedom to be who we really are. That's the application. If I don't know how, God, teach me to trust you with who I am. Bill, this has been such a blessing to me and uh, I've got notes for days and I can't wait to listen to this one again. I am so thankful for you, your mentorship, your model, your leadership in my life and, and uh, so many lives and it is an honor um, to be on this journey with you and for everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you're listening to this, thank you for being part of the True Face team, for supporting us, for following us. Uh, if this is beneficial, please uh, like it on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Subscribe to it and share it with your friends. Thank you, Bill. And we will see you guys in two weeks with the next episode.